This episode of A Beacon of Hope is proudly brought to you by Campfire Studios. To find out more, visit campfirestudios.co.nz. A Beacon of Hope is a weekly podcast that shines a light on the human spirit and explores the power of hope in our lives. Join me, Will Fleming, as I talk to people from all walks of life about where they find hope and how they use it to navigate life's challenges. Be good. Be safe. And be happy. This week, I welcome the inspiring Edward Uini to share his incredible story of finding hope and helping others find their hope. Eddie founded Orange Sky New Zealand, which is a non-for-profit organisation providing people experiencing homelessness with access to free laundry services, warm showers and a non-judgmental conversation across Aotearoa, New Zealand. In this heartfelt episode, you'll hear Eddie's journey so far as we delve into the topic of hope and where to find hope when things around you seem hopeless. This podcast also zooms in on taking the leap of faith when following your own path and how to think about the idea of risk when it comes to your true calling in life. Do you feel like it's sustainable now? Orange Guy? Yeah. In what way? Like, Like, um, does it reach a point... I guess is there a part of the journey which is like your job is to fuel the energy? Oh, okay, yeah. And then does it the one day you just wake up and you're like, oh, this is working? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, like I think like I mean the first like year or two like not paid like just doing it out of like a side project, and then like it probably takes me a little while to like catch up to the real like hey like this is like it's evolved and like this little baby that I had in my hands is like is bigger than could have imagined, and yeah. so like yeah, and I think that was probably one of the hardest things was learning to pull back and like letting myself. Interesting. Like dying here because like at the start it was like be there for every single thing and make sure I can't let anything go wrong. But now it's like there's so many pieces of the puzzle and so many oh. people involved that it's um <laughs> yeah, I'm really proud of I'm really proud of how it's come, but it's also I'm I'm also really thankful that like I can kinda step back and let it become its own thing and mm. it's really yeah, it's done well. So, because everyone says that, right? They say, uh, this would be the best case scenario if I'm not needed anymore. Mm-hmm. The thing is, when you're not needed, is there like a re-education <laughs> process, right? You've got to find your next. I think every, like Orange Guy came out of like really just taking a risk and just going for it. And like, and then also like, but then you kind of become a little bit more comfortable and then you get to a point where it's like, you know, everything's going well. And like now, now they're like, I'm pulling away. There's like, you have this kind of like, oh, the safety net's not there anymore. I've got to take another risk and be like, and how much risk am I willing to take? But the risk you come with good and bad and you just never know like mm. what the next step would take. But it's, it's exciting. Like I, I think it's exciting now and, and my past self would have hated it, but I, yeah, I really enjoy, I guess that whole process of like breaking ground, new things. What, what can, um, yeah, what's, what's next. It's rather than being a fearful thing. It's really exciting. Mm. Why would your old self have hated it? What do you mean by Man, that? Like I, I grew up really wanting to just play it safe. I think, um, yeah, like I just, I remember, like, as a young kid, just wanted to um, only, like, I just wanted to work in a factory. And there's nothing wrong with working in a factory, but just mm. the reason why was because I just wanted to, uh, you know, just just go get my paycheck and just live life. And it, w- it probably wasn't until, like, my late 20s, I was like, 
life has gone way too fast just to to just to let life happen mm. and finish. I want to I want to do something, and so that's when the risk came in, and yeah. um, and it was painful, painful at the start. But the biggest risk I ever take ever taken was like so I quit my course, quit everything that I was doing because I was studying quantity serving, which is just another safe safe thing that I was doing just because it earns money. That's the only reason I did it. And and then I just, yeah, and then that's when I started Orange Sky. Mm. So again, yeah. And so like now I can look at it and be like, all right, I know that the payoff, and it, it comes with failures, but that's just the flip side of the coin, the good and the bad. But that's when life's really kind of worth living. Eddie, we'll just carry on that chat if we can, because mm. it's really interesting and we'll fill the audience in. But what was the need for the safety? Have you tried to kind of pick your brain? What, what was it as a a, um, a service back to your family? Were you, were you look at was there something that you know you grew up with feeling like, man, this is too wild. I got I got to batten down the hatches here. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll share a story, and like this is probably not a very inspiring story to start off with, but I remember when I was a kid, very clearly saying to my mum, "There's two things." that I want to do in life. Number one is I want to become a Pokemon master. And like for anyone my age probably knows what I'm talking about, but like, I just like, mom, if Pokemon are real tomorrow, I get to leave home. Um, I get to catch all the Pokemon. And she's like, yeah, yeah, okay. And I said, but the second thing, if that doesn't work out is I just, I just want to work in a factory and um, there's nothing wrong with working in a factory. But I think looking back, I could see why, I wanted to do that was because it was just something where I could go in, get my paycheck and just live my life. And I didn't have any dramas. I didn't have any worries. I hated like confrontation. Um, but I think all of it was just because I just wanted to play it safe. And yeah, so I think it was, I think, yeah, it was just, it was just a place of like, I just didn't want to shake in. But I think, um, you know, a quote, I'm not a big quote person, but one that I really like is Nelson Mandela saying, um, there's no passion to be found playing small uh, and living a life that's less than the one that you're capable of living. And so I think through all pretty much to my late twenties, I was, if I'm honest, I was living, I was playing safe, didn't want to take any risks, but one of the biggest risks I've ever taken has led to the biggest, I guess, kind of successes that I've, I've seen in my life is, is with, it was with Orange Sky. And, you know, we talk about now how, how, you know, how, how great it's done and how much it's grown, but the people don't talk often about the, the failures and the, and the missteps. And, you know, I remember saying, I'm going to take three months. I'm going to quit. Like I said to my mom, I'm going to quit my course. I was studying quantity surveying again, just another thing that I was doing just to play safe and to make it through. And, and I'm just going to give my all into this. And like, I don't know where it came from this inspiration, but I was like, I just want to, you know, I just want to make something of my life. And, uh, I think probably was closer to like a year <laughs> I ended up taking off and, but, um, and yeah, it had a lot of knockbacks and setbacks, but, um, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I mm. think there are two flip sides of the coin, um, with, with risk taking is, um, greatest successes in my life have come from that, but also, yeah, the greatest failures and, and knockbacks, but, um, you can't have one without the other. And I'm really glad. Was there a tipping point for you willing to absorb that risk? And I guess we can, I want to dig really into that because you will have a lot of people listening and watching now mm. who are feeling like they want to take that leap. But really being programmed, just like we all are, there's nothing wrong with working in a factory. There's nothing wrong with being a quantity surveyor because they're actually jobs where you know is needed mm. and you know what the uh, variables are. And you've seen previous generations do that 
and provide and over time, you know, save and buy houses and all of this stuff. But what are we talking about here? Yeah, look, I think um, uh, for me personally, I can tell, I can I can very clearly know when it was that like my mind shift changed. And it was when I got to a point, I was like, what do I have left to lose? Because I think I remember just, I remember waking up and just feeling like life is going way too fast. And I just feel like I'm just ticking off a to-do list at this point. Like I've, and I was so, I just became so acutely aware. And I think it was because like at that point, I just, you know, I just come back from Australia, moved back to New Zealand. I'd just gone out of a long-term relationship. And like, it just felt like everything that I'd planned or was building had come crumbling down. And, you know, what was my purpose? What was, and so I think it was just in that, that moment of like, the, my at my lowest point, what I, I felt was like my lowest point was, was um you know I, I think was was when I was so hungry and desperate for something more and and um yeah I think that was that was when I was willing to like you know I just feel like I'm doing a to do list and then sometimes it feels like I'm just doing other people's to do list and I'm just ticking off what they want me to do and what what expectations people have on me and so I, like I just was so clearly sick of that and I was like. Yeah, you know, again, I said with the quantity serving, I was only doing that because that's what I felt other people were thinking that I should do. And, and so, yeah, it was out of that desperation and hunger. I was like, screw it. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give my all to this. And I had no idea what I was doing. It was the scariest time of my life. Um, you know, but, uh, yeah, I'm so thankful that I, I went through all that because look at it now. Um, and just to dig in a little bit more, uh, if you're okay with that. Because I'm trying to get to something that I've been thinking when you're talking, which is there's pain. Mm. And is there like is that where the glimmer of hope comes in to be like, I've got to do something with this. I can't this this fear, this pain, it's not it's not gonna work if we keep doing standard operating procedure. And I wonder, have you ever tried to articulate I'm trying to do it through the word hope, mm. you know, that I believe that hope is found in your dark moments mm-hmm. or the moments where you know you are feeling like, man, this is not going to end well, mm-hmm. so what would I hope for if I could change things? And and is that kind of fear that – or fear as in is it fair to assume that you use that pain to kind of drive you towards something that you found meaningful? Yeah, I, th- I think hope can't be fully appreciated – when things are going well, when things are at your top and, and everything's like going as planned, what need do, do people have for hope? But it's in those darkest moments that I think, yeah, a beacon of hope and light really shine. And you know, I've, I've had a privilege of working with people that have dealt with trauma that I'll never fully realize. But the times that I f- feel most encouraged and hopeful is, is to see them not give up and 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 just knowing that, you know, if they can get up and still do life, you know, and and then, yeah, I think for myself as well, it's like the deepest, that, I think my whole life I'd played it safe until like everything came crashing down and I was hurting and I was broken and I was lost and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. That was when I was, that was when I've, I think hope really sh- shone its brightest. And I think that was the thing that I look back and be like, and it made everything so worth it knowing that like I had, I didn't give up because when you give up, that's when I guess your story ends and that's where, um, you know, you know, life can just keep going down and down and down. But once, once hope strikes, that's, that's the turning point. Up to this journey, there'll be many, including us here who are like, I'm with you. I feel the pain. There's versions we all carry. There's past pains, present pains and, and everything else. And let's just imagine that everyone 
if you feel that hope, which is like, I don't want to be here, and what can I do to influence that? Maybe something will emerge like a calling, a mm. feeling of what you want to do. What was that for you? Uh, for me, it was uh, what was known as Orange Sky, but I, I think so. what it was was, it was a day. It was a particular day. Um, I was again just I was just catching the train towards to, to uni and and just going through day to day, and I walked past. Um, I used to walk past these guys that were sleeping rough um, out front of one of the churches in Manurewa, just just next to my house, and um, I didn't know the guy that well, but I remember walking past and not seeing them there that night, and I thought I think it was strange because they were always just you know just kind of sleeping there late at night, and I got home and it wasn't until the next day I found out he had passed away. Um, and, uh, yeah, death, death is something I think that can be pretty scary to confront and, and to look at. But, um, I remember, you know, going to his funeral and meeting his, um, support worker and she was saying how embarrassed he was, um, because he had an infection, but he was too embarrassed to go to the doctors, um, because he hadn't had a shower or a wash in so long. And just, I think that just really shook me out of like my own world of like, what the heck, this is happening in my own backyard. Like this is reality for people and, and I'm wasting time. Like, like I, like this, this can't be. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's where I started off, um, at the local laundromat, just providing it for free so that this wouldn't happen again. Um, and just, yeah, people like just knocking on people's cars that were sleeping rough and like, Hey, if you want some washing done, I'll be here twice a week, come around and we'll do it for free. Um, and then growing from that, um, you know, I remember and there was Orange Sky in Australia, which is they have these mobile vans that have washing machines, dryers and showers and providing for for free all across Oz and being a good Kiwi. I thought I'd steal one of the Aussies ideas for once. And <laughs> um, and yeah, just try to try to build my own van. I used to be called fresh out of the van. So um, but yeah, I think, yeah, that was that was when I, you know, I, I was like that was when I was ready to risk it all. And I was I was willing to quit my course. I was willing to dedicate my life to to this what was just essentially just a side project um was um i just you just realize how much um need for for hope and support there is out there and it wasn't just my own community but you know we wanted to go into the city and and, and support people out there and then once we we're in the city we're like we want to support people in wellington christchurch hamilton and so um yeah things grew pretty quickly um mm. in those in those last few years and that side project also, I guess, was like a lifeline to you. This was during that time, the surveying, the uni, you probably having these feelings and being able to pin your hope on, look, if I can do the laundromat thing, if I could start this van. I, I guess what I'm trying to say, bro, is like, I guess there's one view, which is like you started this thing and now it's operational and it's beautiful, but the strategic plan was you trying to sort through your thoughts mm. and you could do that by offering service or help to others. And I think that's a, that's surely, I mean, would you say that's a template others can do, you know, because we talk about these words like service, but they're kind of wrapped up in religious contexts. Mm. And for many, that's a turnoff. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I think if you really dig deeper, you can be like there, maybe there's hope and there's answers found if it's not just about Eddie and what's in Eddie's mind. Yeah. I think people uh, like even myself, just to realize it's, it was so simple, the start of like, it was, I didn't have all these grandiose dreams of like, I want to spend across all these countries and, and, and have all these vans and have all these volunteers. And no, it just started off from like, I just want to help this one guy in my community mm. back to grassroots. I didn't, I didn't think about anything else, but I just wanted to, 
I just wanted to help someone. That was mm-hmm. that was it. And and just that's the like I guess to use the terminology like a seed that 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 planted and just grew into something a lot more than I could imagine. But but it has to yeah come from yeah just a genuine want and need to help because if I if I started off with grandiose dreams I think it would have fallen off pretty quickly and and um, like when I wasn't hitting those targets or goals but when I knew that I was just helping one person and I think you know sometimes you know when we used to take out the vans especially when we first started and nobody knew there'd be some weeks we'd turn up and nobody turned up because you know nobody knew who we were like who are these random guys coming around with a van to, to do our washing like it's a big symbol of trust to give over your washing to someone and so I think if I had all these dreams and was faced with that I would have just hurt but knowing that it would be so worth it if my whole day was just spent helping one person um so that what I witnessed or had seen before my community wouldn't happen again uh would make it so worth it and so and I think I approach every shift, I think every shift I think is that we, we provide and every wash that we provide and, and conversation that we have still holds that meaning to me. And I think that's why it's so easy to fuel and keep going. And um, despite any setbacks that we have is because I, I know that tomorrow, even just one person will have a wash and shower. Uh, I'll, I'll keep going forever. So you started this uh, side hustle yeah. and it became more than that. It started to grow presumably it was quite organic. What happened then? Did you need to find others who would believe in you to scale this? Is that something you thought actively? Paint that picture with us. Yeah, look, I think I think I get a lot of credit, but I, I get a lot of credit, but there's so many behind, people behind the scenes that have, have made Orange Sky New Zealand the success that it was. I mean, I, I mentioned the Aussies, um, and look, not every Aussie is bad, as they say. There's, there are some good ones out there. I mean, Nick and Lucas... Um, who started um, Orange Crown Australia, just young 20-year-olds. Um, you know, I think a lot of times, like, like they took an opportunity, like a chance out on me and um, it really supported me. Like we built our vans over there um, and, then, and then shipped them over to New Zealand. And so I think, yeah, that, you know, that having that support and belief um, was massive to kick off and start. And then I think I look at our volunteers, like we have like 500 volunteers, say, across New Zealand, Um Every single one of those, you know, it wouldn't be possible without them. And and for them to have that same belief in the vision, like I, I see that same. I think the the really thing that I'm I'm really proud of is is just to see the same heart and attitude. I think that I had towards what we're trying to do is just the same. Like everyone just jumping on that vision, and nobody's in it for like their own selfish reasons. People are there because they genuinely want to help and and help people and 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 give that support. And so, yeah, there was. Yeah, there's the Aussies, there was the volunteers, uh, there was my own family that, um, you know, all my my parents and my brothers and sisters are all out on shifts as well every week. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, we're not we're not built to do it alone. And and um, I want to make sure that very clear that, yeah, it's um, this is a massive team effort. And I'm, I'm really like now I'm at a point now where I, I was able to step back and I don't need to be the face of it. I don't need to to be there to to say um, this is where it's going. I think there's like 500, 600 people now that are that have become Orange Sky, and um, yeah, I'm really proud of of where it's come, and uh, and I'm I'm so proud of knowing where it's going to go, um, despite even if I'm not here. I think that's a really interesting point. You hear, I think, lots online about the stories of, you know, like um, uh, the founder and the entrepreneur. And what I'm sensing from you is there's this kind of like, oh, good. I don't need to be fueling this just with my soul mm. that I, and uh, 
maybe quite a brave move because I imagine that would be quite addictive to be the guy. Yeah. Hey, can you talk about this? <laughs> Show us all of, you know. And so what was it in you that did you start getting a sense that, hey, I need to progress my own story or to let this thing, it's achieved that goal now. That that person you saw in the park that day, they would have an option mm. to have a shower, to have their washing done, to feel brave enough to go to the doctor. Yeah. And maybe that um, was healed a little bit in you. I mean, still massive story, right? Mm. But yeah, what was that kind of transition where you thought, I'm not going to be the 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 everlasting energy here? Mm. I think um, I've always been blessed to have some really good mentors and, and leaders to emulate in my life. And I think one of the biggest things that I appreciate in leaders is ones that realize that when their time is up, and when they realize when um, they're not needed to speak and they, um, you know, I, I remember like to give a bit more context. I remember like I grew up in church and I remember the best, the, some of the best churches I liked going to were like ones where you could, you couldn't tell who the, the pastor was or the, the leader was like until they got up to speak. I remember going to the dairy one time with my, with one of my schoolmates and um, I saw the pastor there and, for lack of better words, he looked pretty shaggy. Like he had just been painting his house or something. He had overalls. And I went and shook his hand. And then I went back to my mate. And my mate was like, oh, who was that? I was like, oh, it was my, my pastor. And he's like, oh, he looked, I thought he was a drug dealer. Like, like, and so like just, you know, those people that like, they're not in it for like, you know, they, they don't need the credit. They don't need, I think that's a good sign, like of someone that's truly genuine and, and there for the right reasons is when they know that, you know, it's time for them to step down and, and to let the next gen or to let the next person come in that can take it to another to another level. Um, yeah, I think those are the ones that you. I think those are the leaders. Once if they if they have that, I think I, I would follow those people anywhere. And um, and I wanted to do the same, and I wanted to be the same. And so, yeah, I think I, I truly believe Orange Sky will be taken to the next level um, by people that that have other skills and gifts that I that I never had. And I'll and I'm just happy to be out there and, and to be out on the shift and to do a little bit of um, support work here and there for for Orange Sky because I I know that that's what it needed the most. Um, it's like a parent as well. Like you got to know when it's your time to step back and, and let your child become its own thing. Um, I'm, I'm sure. Like it's, um, yeah. And so like yeah, as many as many ways I saw Orange Sky as like my little child, my little baby. But um, yes, yeah, it's, it's grown and it's outgrown me in many ways. And so. Um, it was. I won't. I won't. I won't. I won't I'll be lying if I said it wasn't tough to kind of to let it go. But I think I've been at peace since the decision I made to to stick back to like um, to know that this is the right thing and, and just just as a proud parent to sit back and be really proud of of what's mm-hmm. going. On. Well. And and what came what came next? I mean, I guess we haven't really dug deep into Orange Sky and the the day to day running. We've done that in other podcasts, but I feel like that's where most of the media attention is mm. is like. This is, you know, this is the service. This is the offering. This is the connection. I'm just really interested to kind of like use you as a template for others um, who maybe they haven't structured everything out, Mm. you know, and there's a bit of feeling based here. There's a bit of mentorship. There's also a bit of like this wasn't your plan A, Mm. but your plan B started being really amazing, you know, And, and I guess somewhat healing for yourself. Um, because of the direction, because of the service. And then you reach this point where you're like, man, there's like 600 people here and this thing can operate, I guess, mainly without me. Then what? What was your thinking as a, I guess, you know, a few years older, a few years wiser, a mm. few more options? 
Yeah, I, th- I think it came to a, a big shock to a lot of people um, when I said, like, I think my time's, I think my time's up, and I'm, I, I need to look at the next thing um, in my life. Um, you know, I, I still had the support of everyone, but I, I think, like, you know, people looking from the outside would be like, "Like, you crazy? Like, you've, you've just finally everything's going the way you planned." But I think it comes back to what we were saying before about just playing it safe and and just cruising, and I just and. Uh, you almost become a little bit addicted to like, um, what's the next thing and, and what's, what's, and I'm, I'm like, it's almost like an adrenaline junkie. Like it's scary in a lot of ways because you're, you're, you're losing your safety net and you're, you're going after something that, um, you know, might not be considered as successful or, or growing. But, you know, I think the people that knew me, um, you know, when I, when I said it, and I, I shout out to my, my parents, I give them a lot of, Love, but like you know, when I said it to them, and they're like, "Yeah, it makes sense." Like I, I can see it in you that, like you know, you're you're ready for the next thing. And so, uh, I think I come a little bit addicted to that fear of like, um, uh, yeah, what's what's I I, I can't I, like this, it's almost came too safe, and and I ugh, it gives me the, the shivers because like it reminds me a little bit of too much of like I don't want to ever get comfortable. Um, I want to know what's next, and I like I like I, I'm so acutely aware for some reason now of like how little time I have left on this earth that I'm like, uh, you know, I just, I want to, I want to see what else is out there in this world. And I want to see what else I can do and give, give of myself to this world because I, I know I have so much more to offer and I, yeah, I'm ready for it. I don't know if it's easy or hard to talk about this stuff, but you know, there's people, including the ones in this room who are, taking that leap of faith. That's the easiest way I can categorize mm-hmm. it. And it's as hard as somebody who's a non-believer trying to believe in something based on faith, right? Yeah. That if you go after something that doesn't have a structure or at least doesn't have really proven outcomes, that it, you won't fall over. And I guess that is what you talk about with risk, Hey, that there was a chance mm. that none of this would come to fruition and you would have to come home with the tail between your legs um do you think that it's a good thing to do would you recommend you know for someone in a similar i guess space to be like no you will find something by searching you know like i'm just i don't want to put you on the spot because there'll be um times where it doesn't work and I guess transparently we're doing this whole podcast thing and I'm not even sure it's going to work, mm-hmm. but I still wake up loving that challenge of, cause your goal is to try and make it work. Mm-hmm. And that's something on your terms. Yeah. That's something where you can control and you never know when you have an idiot in here, if they know someone else and we would call that networking and, but you can't plan that all at the start. Mm-hmm. You've just got to hope. Yeah, it's gonna, look, this is probably not the most inspiring thing to say, but you're going to fail. You're going to miss the mark. You're going to mess up. You're gonna things aren't gonna work out the way that you plan every time. And once you come to terms with that and 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 realize that that's that's just the way it is, that yep, your safety net's gone and I'm gonna take a leap of faith and there's a good chance I might fall flat on my face. But again, it's two sides of the coin. You can't have the significant success if you're not ready to deal with the significant failures. And so you just gotta Yeah, that and that's what a leap of faith is, is is that you, it really could go either way. You don't know. You're you're taking you're, you're out of it's out of your control now. Like you're you're taking that leap of faith. You're you're putting yourself out there, but you will never experience or your like true passion and true 
living life is only fun when you're like out in those moments of like of complete fear and just don't know where you're going. But those are the moments that will lead. Otherwise, you're just still stuck up on the on where it's safe and where it's where 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 you're not going to get hurt, but you're also not going to find what it is that that truly sets you free and and, and truly. Um, get you out of bed in the morning. So, and there would have been times where maybe you weren't sure if it was going to work, or you needed someone to believe in you, like you were talking about the Aussies. Yeah, yeah. And and what was those moments like? Were you like quite stressed in those moments, or were you just like, hey, if that doesn't work, we'll find something else. Oh yeah, and look on the other side of that, like I'm talking a big game, but it hurt, man. <laughs> I, I like, I I'm. I, I messed up so many times. And like when I first started, like, you know, going and, and like asking people for money and like donations and grants and you're talking, like you go into a room of like all these people in suits and I'm like, like so fresh out of water that I'm like still in my jandals and like, so like, and, and like shorts. And they're like, who is this guy coming? And like, could getting laughed, like laughed out. Like now, like now it's different. And, and now, you know, it's, it's worked out, but. At the time, there's there's plenty of times I wanted to give up and and feel like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And I like fell flat on my face. But yeah, like I said, like it was, I, I only planned to take three months off of of study and, and and just like give this a crack. It took almost a year before I, before I actually got like any significant track uh, traction going. So mm. it's. Uh, yeah, I don't want to pretend like it's all it's all success and and happiness. It's it's gonna hurt sometimes chasing your dreams, chasing um, what you really want. And but again, hundred percent, anyone listening or or that wants to go for it, like please don't give up. Like please, like you like you that that next success could just be right around the corner. You never know um, who will be that that person that will come through and 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 believe in you and and um and and push you on to the next next part of your story. Beautiful. Eddie, you come across lots of people. You have these conversations with all walks of life, you know, with all people at various parts of their journey. People must ask you about, um, I guess, how to find your thing in life. Mm. It's something I think about always, and I'm not even sure how to articulate it, so I'm keen to hear your thoughts, but maybe I believe, maybe, that we're all kind of given something. Mm-hmm. within us and mm-hmm. it's like your community's job to give you enough time and space and love mm-hmm. for that to build within yeah you know and that's a real brutal thing because especially some of our communities don't have that time space and love yeah which is another thing i think is beautiful about orange sky you're giving people who don't have the structures that most of us enjoy mm-hmm. time space and love and maybe there's that spark inside you know and it lights a bit um you found yours have you done any exploring with others or just in general with how someone might find theirs yeah i i have a strong belief that every everyone like like no exception um has value um to who they are and and what they do and has something to offer to this world Uh, that's everyone and i think it's very clear to me when i'm out there supporting people that are doing it tough is that the only difference between them and me realistically is that I, I had the community around me. I had people around me that I've messed up. I've hurt people. I've, 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 um, I've hit rock bottom at times, but I've always had a community around me, whether it's family, cousins, friends, uh, people that believed in me that, and the reality is a lot of people don't have that. And, 
Um, and yeah, and, and I've dealt with things that I, I can't even imagine. And if they just had that chance to, for someone to believe in them, even if it was just one, like one person and just one, one week of just showing them support. Um, yeah, you know, there's people with Orange Sky now that used to be on the streets um, and just through conversation and connection um, and staying connected with us, they now volunteer for Orange Sky. And now they're on that other side and, and supporting people now and giving back. And I think everyone has that ability. But, you know, one of the hardest things is there's a guy I remember hearing about, there's a guy on death row and like for the last 14 hours, um, just before he went, was about to be executed, he was saying the last 14 hours, more people have come up to me and asked me, what do I, what do I want? What do I need? How can I help you? Um, whether it was to, you know, a pastor saying what's in the next life or whether it was a guy giving them a meal um, for breakfast, lunch and dinner, like what, what do you want? More people have done that in the last 14 hours than I ever had in the whole of my life. And I guess that's, yeah, is the reality for some people is that they just don't have people that, you know, you, I, I, honestly, I don't think, I don't know anyone that could do it alone. And yeah, I think we just, yeah, every, every, everyone without exception has value. I just thought when you were speaking that we had a, a guest on a different podcast that we produce here and she's a counsellor mm. and she said this term that's kind of stuck with me, which is holding hope for others. You know, apart from the physical stuff that Orange Sky does, the practical, the stuff that goes on the news, is that part of the mission here? You're holding hope for those who maybe are trying to find theirs. Yep. Orange Sky, to be honest, it was never really fully about the washing and the showers. That that all came secondary. The the big thing was the connection and the conversation and providing community. The first thing, you know, when Orange Sky goes out, the first thing they do, the volunteers do, is is pull out their six orange chairs um, to provide conversation and a safe place for people to come and connect. And one of the biggest things I'm really proud about Orange Sky is that we refer to everyone that uses our service as friends. So it's not it's not clients, it's not customers. Um, we treat people how we want to treat our friends. Um, and, you know, to see that language now go out throughout, like, um, the Auckland City Mission and other services that are providing meals and haircuts, like, um, shout out to, like, Sunday Blessings, LifeWise, Koha. Um, there's some really good organizations out there. But, like, they all start using the, the term as well, friends, because we realize it's not, you know, the service is just, the service that we provide is just, covering a basic, but if we really want people to thrive, if we really want them to, you know, to, to find hope, um, that goes more than just living and surviving and breathing and, and eating. Um, it comes through connection and it comes through treating people with dignity and a bit of respect. And, um, that's when I think I've, I've really seen people that are at their lowest, um, find a way to get up and, and get out and, 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 um, yeah, still hold on to that bit of hope. It's mm, beautiful. Um, you know, uh, <clears throat> depending what lens you look through this world, it might be dissolving around you or it might be an opportunity or whatever category. I think most of us would be a bit worried because it's like, now there's change afoot. And um, thankfully I'm someone who wishes to change with, mm. but I know there's many of our uh, friends and colleagues who you know want it to stay the same. Maybe we share a little bit of that uh, fear of just always being the same. But I guess with everything going on, you know, politically, um, economically, carry on, spiritually, 
um, environmentally, what do you hold hope for? What are you hopeful for? What do you, I guess, hope to be true, but also, um, yeah, that you will actually try and provide positive influence and what's your, what's your hope, bro? Mm, I think it's funny you mentioned like the political uh, atmosphere. I think it's, um, it's probably something that I've probably always tried to avoid because I think, again, it's like something that's like, it just blows my mind. Um, I think it's a counter to, I guess, a lot of like, I guess the atmosphere that the political space holds now of just, it's us versus them. And it's, um, I'm right. You're wrong. And it's, we've got to have this group mentality against this group. And, um, and it can be a little bit confronting because I feel like I play a little bit of the both sides of like, um, yeah, I'm in the, I'm in the homeless space and I'm in the space where people are, um, you know, of, of one view, but then I'm also in the space of like working with businesses and, and people that might be on the other side, um, not to lump everyone together. But I think one, one, um, one mantra I try to hold, like this probably really dear to me is that I have no enemies in this life. I have no one is my enemy. And I, and I wish, you know, some of our leaders uh, could see that a bit more. Uh, you know, I talked about, you know, no one's more valuable than the other person. And I think if we could approach life a bit more like that, I think we'd have a bit more empathy for the other side. And so there's a part of me that would like to get into, into politics just because I'd love to stir the pot and just be like, um, and just to add my little two cents in. But I just, I think we would go so much further as a country if we, had had proper discourse and 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 have things open for discussion and debate, but like um, but at the end of the day, just realizing, hey, the prime minister is just another person that's trying to figure it out. Mm. Um, the just like every one of us, um, that the person on the other side is just another person trying to figure it out. Um, and we all we all make mistakes. So, yeah, I wish there's a bit more empathy for our politicians, but also. But also, yeah, don't get me wrong, like we, we need to always improve and get better. But yeah, I just want to say, yeah, I have I have no enemies. Well, I guess as we come to the conclusion of our little chat today, I want to say um, thanks for just giving me your time over the years. You know, you've come to my home when I had the little caravan <laughs> set up and I'm sure you were like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> and then you jumped online with me a couple of times and maybe the recording wasn't always awesome. <laughs> But today we were in person. I felt like it's like a really there's nothing there's no substitute eh, no. that I can see apart from connecting in real life. Mm -hmm. You get to see the person, feel the person. Um, hopefully that translates to what I'm trying to do metaphorically and maybe a bit physically, which is like there's this little beacon that we'll send out there, and maybe the right people that need to hear it will hear it, and if not, that's okay. Um, uh, maybe turning into a little tradition and it feels a bit awkward because of how it's framed in my life. But uh, today's the one year anniversary of my mum's passing. Oh. And it's a, it's an okay day for me mm -hmm. because, well, because I listened to that feeling I had, which is like life is short and you better go and do something. Mm -hmm. If I was sitting in an office um doing the standard operating procedure, I think it would be a tougher day. Yeah. But because I can choose to come hang out with you, Guy, the audience, and I have other cool things on my day, it's a nice day. But I did some recordings with her, and tomorrow, because this episode will go up next week, I, I put out an episode I did with my mum. And so that's a hefty one for me, but it's a proud one. Yeah. But one thing that annoys me or pisses me off, I don't try not to swear too much, is that in the audio recordings, I didn't get her to say I love you. Mm. 
So she says all of this stuff, and I just should have said, Mum, can you just say you love me? Yeah. So would you just tell a few people that you love them who are important to you in, the, in this podcast, just so it sits somewhere online, mm. so that in days to come, or years to come, or millennia to come, it's recorded? Because I don't know, but I get the feeling that that's the stuff actually the most deepest in us that someone would acknowledge us and use that word, which gets thrown around. But, man, it's bloody powerful. I love you. So is there a couple of people that you can just talk to? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, obviously the easy one is mum, dad. Obviously I love you very much. I, I'm so thankful uh, that, you know, whatever happens at the end of this time on earth, I, I got to spend it with you guys, a good majority, and the same goes to my brothers and sisters, Isaac, <coughs> excuse me, Nathan, Elsie, Lucina. I'm very thankful for you guys. Um, you know, despite any um, differences or um, or how annoying I'm sure I can be to to all of you guys, and but I know at the end of the day, um, there's nobody that I've loved more, and there's nobody that I've appreciated more. Uh, having on my side. So I just want to say, you know, from the bottom of my heart, thank you to all of you guys. Um, three people, uh, Mike, Fred, and Josh, um, people that have believed in me from day one. Uh, you know, uh, we've, we've been through, um, we've been through the best of times and the worst of times, um, but I wouldn't trade a single moment with you guys. You guys, um, um, you know, a lot of ways a rock to me and bring me back down to earth. And, um, you know, if if I could have any time back in my life, um, I wouldn't take it back because I, I, I genuinely appreciate every moment that I've got to spend with these people. So thank you. Awesome. A little bit morbid, I get it. But look, writing a will's morbid, <laughs> yeah. but we do it. Yeah. And we've got this gear, so we need to do it. Yeah. You look beautiful. You sound great. So it's better than a iPhone or a Zoom call, right? Yeah, or a yeah. memory. Now that's captured. Uh, where can people follow your journey and follow any of the other services that you're talking about, whether it be, you know, the Mission, City Mission, um, Orange Sky? Where are some places you'd like to direct people's attention? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, so obviously we spoke about Orange Sky. If anyone's interested about finding more or um, either volunteering or donating, they can just go to orangesky.org.nz and all the info's there and you can see a little bit more about the people that were supported. Um, and then the other one is, yeah, now now working as, uh, alongside the Auckland City Mission. So um, aucklandcitymission.org.nz, if anyone wants to volunteer, there's plenty of opportunities there um, or also to donate um, to a, a quite a few of the projects that they're, that they're doing now to support people. Um, that are doing it tough. I'm very proud to have worked with both of these organisations. So, yeah, if anyone wants to find out more, they can go to the websites and and give it a, give us some love. Awesome. Thanks, Eddie. We'll catch up uh, down the line. I'm sure. Appreciate it, brother. This episode of A Beacon of Hope is proudly brought to you by Campfire Studios. Campfire Studios is an impact-led organisation amplifying the voices of Maori and Pacifica communities via podcasting and video content. To find out more, visit campfirestudios.co.nz. Thank you for tuning in to this frequency of hope in our podcast today. If you found value from this episode and want to hear more, I would love it if you could follow, subscribe, and rate our show. By doing so, you will increase the frequency of the Beacon of Hope. 
So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other platform, please take a moment to hit the follow or subscribe button and leave a rating and review. I truly appreciate your support and feedback, and it helps us make our podcast even better. Thank you. Be good. Be safe. And be happy. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like that song, doesn't it? Be happy. All right, Mama, we stop there, eh? Yeah, okay. okay. All right.